Welcome to the official after show for Orphan Black, the next chapter uh, audiobook. We are so excited to be breaking this down. It is narrated by the queen of clones herself, Emmy winner Tatiana Maslany, brought to us by Serial Box. There's a lot to break down from episodes one, part one and two, and we're doing it right now, so don't go away. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. We finally are back talking back. best show, in my opinion, of all time. It's a really great show. <laughs> we can it's talk really about it show. forever. We've been waiting two years for this. Yes. And now we didn't know what form it was going to come in, but I think a lot of us Orphan Black fans were hoping some sort of continuation yes. would happen. Yes. Now we have an audiobook, the next chapter, uh, like I said, brought to us by Serial Box. Before we get into it, I'm Steph Sabra, obviously a Tatiana Maslany stan. I think she is arguably the best TV actress of all time slash actress. I adore her, mm-hmm. and she her talent is incredible, and we see it even get more incredible with this audiobook. We don't see it. We hear it. We hear it. And it's like, why are you so talented? Why am I a terrible actor? (laughs) So, uh, yes, Tatiana Maslany Stan, Orphan Black is one of my favorite shows of all time. Top three for sure. So I'm so excited to be breaking this down. And I'm joined by Matt Marr. He's also an Orphan Black mega fan. He was on the panel for After Buzz. Yes. Broke it down. We did it. We thought it was done. We all cried. (laughs) We had our feelings. And now we're bringing it back. We're bringing it all back. Uh, this is uh, this is a continuation of the clone stories. Yes, eight years after the events of the show. Yes, uh, starring obviously we have Kasima and Sarah in the picture already, mm-hmm. and we get a little bit of Allison. But we have been teased that there will be new clones, even worse bad guys, if that's possible. So things are going to get real messy. Yeah. New episodes are dropping every Thursday. I can't wait to explore it as we go week by week. But I'm I'm so curious what your overall thoughts are so far. You know, I will say for people listening to this, it took me like about 20 minutes to get into it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's different. Yeah. You're used to seeing a TV show. It's a visual, especially, sorry, my ear itches and my headphone. I got to itch it. <laughs> Love but the honesty. Yeah, you know. And uh, again, a shout out to not just our listeners, but you listening in there. So for you podcasters, you're already you're already enjoying the audio component of the show. But you're just used to seeing the visuals. like, And you think that part of the reason why Tatiana Maslany is so great is the wigs and all that kind of stuff. But it really, like about 20 minutes in, and you still you start hearing familiar voices, and you're like, oh, this is just, it's like a hug from an old friend. It's just like, <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. And you can start to sense things. And it's, and even some of the writers that are writing this were, uh, I think almost all of them were original writers on, um, on Orphan Black. So if you're in the Clone Club, which we are, you're going to be very excited. Yeah. Clone Club for life. I do. For life. Speaking of the writers, I want to just shout out. It is narrated by Tatiana, but it's written by Malka Older, Madeline uh, Ashby, Michelle Baker, Helly Kennedy, E.C. Myers, and Lindsay Smith. And I, I love sh- shouting out writers and everyone yeah. involved because these projects can't be possible without them. And the writers of this show have 
the reason why this show the show was so perfect was because not only was the acting and performances outstanding, the writing and the creation and the world that they built is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So shout out to you guys, and that's cool to hear that a lot of them yeah. have been continuing their. And part we'll talk in about it. a news a little bit. Tatiana talking a little bit about the writers and some of. So be sure to stay tuned for our. News. Yeah, we're gonna break down this episode. We're gonna talk about where we left off. Matt's mm-hmm. gonna give us a little four one one on that because mm-hmm. it's been two years. Been where are they? Minute. Yeah, hot minute. Where they are now, the the clones that were mentioned, we're going to dive in a little bit, and then we're going to get into our new clone, Vivi Valdez. Vivi Valdez. And the new disaster that's a brewing in town, and then get into Cosima, Delphine, and Charlotte, and a little bit of Kira as she pertains to their storyline. Yeah. And then we will have a special segment. Oh, clone. Oh, clone, you, you didn't. Did it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, clone, you didn't. That'll be a really fun segment where it's kind of that moment where we're just like, wow, what just happened? We are gagged. gagged. Pearls clutched. Edges. Yes. Frayed. <laughs> Everything. And then we'll have some uh, some news and gossip brought to yep. us by Matt and some our top three. And this week we're going to be talking about our top three Tatiana projects that she's worked on and then wrap it up with some predictions. Sure. My overall thoughts on this yeah. is uh, I, I'm not used to audiobooks as much because I am such a visual person, mm-hmm. but... As soon as I heard what I thought was Kasima's voice, I was like, it was a, f- a hug from an old familiar yeah. friend, and I said, "I'm I'm all the way in, baby. Yeah. Let's do this." And the story seems to be really getting hot and heavy, so I'm just excited to see where all the drama takes us and the new the new findings within the clones. So let's get into uh, you. I know just rewatched parts of la- the last finale. Yeah, yeah, the finale. I did watch the finale. Um, I. Uh, it, it, because there was just so much that happened. So I did a little bit of reading. And y'all, it's been two years. Yeah. It's been two years. So basically, if you remember in the finale, we kind of left things that, um, you know, remember that uh, Helena is like having the babies <laughs> in the basement. And there's that moment where her and Art and, and uh, uh, Sarah, they're crying. I'm crying. We're all crying. She's having the babies. And then we kind of cut to, we see a little bit of their life afterwards. And we see that, we remember they were having a baby shower at the house. And we see a little bit, remember Allison has the new wig with the purple on it. The <laughs> yes. short hair, don't care. And we see that uh, Donnie um, got a job and that uh, uh, Helena lives in their garage. And so she's raising the babies in there. And so they're co-parenting. But we also saw that Sarah was having some trouble kind of adjusting to S being killed and living in that same house. But we actually find out that S, they kind of... At the end of this, uh, kind of partial end of this episode, we see all the sisters get around with Kasima, Helena, Sarah, and um, Allison. And Allison and Rachel was in the car. And Rachel, this is important because it's important to carry on to this. Rachel gives Felix the list of all the clones that lead, leader, Lita, Lita. There's so many different organizations. It's like working <laughs> in the White House here. <laughs> Where, you know what I mean? I'm like, dang. Okay, so, but Lita. Uh, she gets there's 249 clothes from Lita, mm-hmm. and so they get that list, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to be able to help all these clones." And then so we kind of see that that is what Delphine and Cosima have been doing. They spent probably years going around and helping 259 clones get get the get the cure, so that way they won't be that they won't die. And, and so, they mentioned that in the episode. Yeah, they that's did why it's them. important to talk about yeah. that. So that's what they've been doing, and then uh, and then. 
We don't, we didn't really get, um, we don't really know for sure where Helena is yet. We just know that, but this is eight years later. So it'll be interesting because her sons, which were, remember Arthur and Donald, because that's what she named, because yeah, she was like, you named after two strong men. Um, they're going to be eight years old now. So she's got boys somewhere, hopefully. And then we know uh, that uh, we know Kasim and Delphine are together. And obviously we also have, we heard a little bit about Allison, but um, so that's kind of where where we left off is everybody's kind of in a happy stand. Remember, I remember they walk out the door at the end of the finale, and it's Sarah and Felix and Kira, and they go to the beach, and the door shuts, and you see this sunny living room, and you're just like, oh, well, that doesn't last long, y'all. It's eight years later, and it's not the bad word, but stuff's going down. <laughs> stuff is going, stuff is going down. down. Stuff is going down. Thank you for that. I'm sure a lot of the listeners of the new audiobook, maybe some of you have rewatched, maybe some of you haven't, but I definitely love the touch-up because yes. it's been two years. You can watch it, by the way. Um, you can watch it for free if you have Amazon Prime. So if you I have bought Amazon. it all when when oh. it was coming out. So if you yeah. don't own it, but if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. If you, I recommend watching the finale. It's only forty minutes. Even if you watch like the last ten minutes, it'll kind of like, oh okay. I've been I was so obsessed with the show that it was hard for me not to instantly rewatch it once the series finale mm. but now I'm like this is the time this is the time this did you cry time. a lot at that finale oh my gosh yeah, yeah. I do want to ask before we dive deeper did you I feel like all of us Orphan Black fans felt a, a certain type of way about one clone or the other like which mm. one's which one's your favorite which one resonated with you the most <sighs> You know, I'm, oh, you know who I really love? Because I'm from the South, and so she just from, I just love Crystal, because I Aww. hope we see Crystal. Yeah. Y'all remember Crystal? Yes. Was like, There's a makeup hoax, and then she found out that actually were trying to spread this thing in, like, dermatological projects, but I love Crystal, because she's just, she's my cousin Kelly. I just love her. <laughs> Don't what underestimate yeah. her, either. Yeah, she's a badass bitch. What about you? I've always thought that I am a mixture between Sarah and Helene. <laughs> I'm not going to piss you off. I'm not going to piss you off, Sarah Helena's kind of savage side. Don't stab my neck or uh, while you're pregnant and giving birth, please. Oh, my God. I have the softest spot for Helena. I, I just love Helena. I love her. And then Sarah, that grit and spice, I, I feel that deeply. And her deep loyalty to the fam. Yeah, that's true. So let's get into now where what we kind of the little bit of info we got on each. We got mm-hmm. the most on Kasima. Mm-hmm. She is um, trying her hardest to hide her past, any relationship with Dyad, and because of this, it's hurt her jobs and the kind she of can't even, she, yeah. yeah, she can't even do it. And she's interviewing for a job, which we'll get into. Uh, but we do find out that she's been happily married to Delphine. Is yeah, that for like kind of what you years. saw? thought was going to happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. You could, yeah, I mean, I thought that wasn't a surprise to me, but it was like a, an awe. Yeah. For it's, me. it's an awe for me because even though Delphine won all of our hearts over and we ended up realizing she was on our side because there was those moments. It took a while. Yeah. A while I still don't trust anyone but the clones and S like, and Felix, you know? I, I trust her fully, but it's still, I love the reassurance that she is fiercely in love with Cosima and will do yes. any anything that has to do with her. It's her best interest. Almost 
that it hurts the greater good, which is ironic because yeah, that's true. That's she true. she uh, is in ethics. Yeah. And and then on on that side, Delphine is thriving. Really, yeah, she's, she's been like, able to totally do whatever she wants because it was it was out. They talk about that. It was common knowledge that she worked for Dyad. Mm-hmm. She's kind of downplayed it, but she can't hide it. And so, because Dyad was obviously it was very duplicitous, but it also was very well known. And you know that you kind of really had to be. I mean, this is like two people who probably are not science people talking about science. How do you know that? I'm like, I'm like uh, so, you know, she's smarty, whatever that is in science terms. But uh, so she's like working all over on Ten TV year at yeah. the yeah, yeah, University yeah. of Toronto. And she's on a bunch of different boards, highly recognized. I mean, she's always been really prestigious in whatever position she's been in. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But I, I get that. And that will be our last topic, talking about the relationship between Cosima and Delphine. Yeah, and we'll get how, into that. Yeah, how that's going to play into everything. Get into it. We'll get into it. And... Then we have Sarah. We get a little bit of tidbit from Sarah uh, because she calls Kasima wanting Kara, uh, Kira to stay with her and that Cal and her are trying to patch things up again. If my husband had that ass, you remember Cal. <laughs> oh, he, I don't yes, forget the actor's I do. name, but he was on Game of Thrones. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Yes, yes. I did. He got some Khaleesi. <laughs> When she, before she went, I don't want to talk about it. I'm still angry about Game of Thrones. I can't talk about the ending. I'm angry. But I can talk about his butt. It was incredible and amazing. And yes, Sarah, you should try to get back with him. Who, Cal, is Kira's father. Michael, played by Michael Huseman. Yes. Yes, yes Michael Huseman. Um, but yeah, he's yes. Kira's father, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. He's Kira's man. father. Ooh. Yeah. What a man, what a man, what a man. I'd watch that spit off. Uh, but it's interesting that they're still trying to work. They're trying to rework it out. I do think that they have a deep connection. I do but too. it does suck for Kira. She started to get really angsty and kind of fight everything Sarah wanted for her, which I get. And it, it's hard because obviously she can be a little bit annoying, but so were all of us at that age. Yeah. And then you put on the whole life threatening day to day lifestyle mm-hmm. that they live. I get that. No, I, I, uh, so my master's is in psychology, so I did like marriage Read and family her therapy. For filth for me. No, but <laughs> I feel like kids either, we either become so much like our parents or we become so much opposite mm-hmm. of our parents. It's kind of either or. And so it makes sense that Kira's basically growing up to be her mom. Because we saw, and what I loved about it is this wasn't just like a random choice, I felt like. Shout out to the writing on this. That remember, like in the last season, I don't remember exactly the context, but there was a thing like where they, uh, where Kira or Sarah was trying to get. Remember when Rach, when Kira was going and getting like her blood taken and yeah. tested on her at, at, with Rachel, uh-huh. and Sarah hated it. Uh-huh. But then Sarah realized that uh, Kira was kind of hustling Rachel and lying to her, and Kira was saying like. I like being like my mom. I like kind of being a hustler. So it makes sense to me now that Kira's going to grow up to be this girl. And I love that the writers just didn't create this, that they literally created Kira uh, based off of not of, of information that we've had before that makes sense. So, 
It makes sense to me, and it makes sense why, kind of segueing in, why Charlotte, on the other end, how she was raised in a scientific, like, community by, what was the woman's name? She died. Her mom died. Remember? Oh, she worked at Dyad. Yeah, at the Charlotte's mom. She mentions her. Uh, yeah. Um, starts with an M. I'm blanking. But she was raised much more like type A, prim and proper, and it kind of... It, it makes sense why Charlotte is kind of the way she is. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting to see. Because now they would be, I guess, like, they're like 18, 19, 17. Um, I don't, we don't really know. But I think when they, Charlotte was, I think, 8 or 9. And yeah. She, and she's been living with Art. So she's still, like, doing that and chilling out with Art and Art Arthur. And so she's kind of had a great home life with him, which I'm excited to see some of that. But anyway, I, I just love seeing these girls growing up. Yeah, I agree. Seeing Kira and Charlotte is really interesting because that's the progression of the Orphan Black storyline yeah. in this sense. And especially because they're both involved genetically with it. Kira is a miracle human yeah. and she has abilities that none of us have so she is highly sought after oh, yes. in the I forgot world. Kira has abilities I forgot yes. yes Kira has abilities does that mean Helena's twin boys are going to have abilities probably that's why Helena is probably under wraps oh, yes the thought must thicken yes <laughs> I know every time you think you've covered it, you're like, look, that too. No. And they do it in a way, and I I sometimes get annoyed with shows where I'm like, oh, you threw this in, that in, that in. Mm -hmm. Orphan Black was done so well where everything made sense. When people got abilities or special things happened, it made sense for the plot and it moved it forward. Exactly. So, yeah, that's Kira. She's kind of fighting back. uh, And... And, yeah, I don't blame her. I, I get that she doesn't want to be around when her parents are trying to chop it I up mean, again. <laughs> y'all, Kira's going to make out with you at a party. She has parental issues. Like, she's going to be a woohoo girl. We knew this. Come on. I mean, she'll, if she takes after Sarah, she's going to be wild. She's going to be like, woohoo! Yeah, everybody knows the woohoo girl. Out drinking, out hustling anyone at the yes, bar. I've been a woohoo girl, so I can claim it. <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> okay, on the flip side, Charlotte, you mentioned a little bit about her, is that she's taken in the uh, after her mother, in a sense, and after Kasima more heavily in terms of being really into science, really mm-hmm. advanced for her age, really aware of her, her genetics, yes. and kind of what it means in society to be someone with a prosthetic leg. And that was a really interesting point they brought up, that it's one of those things, like, the more that science acclimates and her leg looks more normal mm-hmm. and she can talk and she can walk more normal, mm-hmm. people don't identify her as someone with a disability, so mm-hmm. to speak. And that would be an internal struggle because that is her narrative. Yeah. So for people not to see that, then it's kind of like an overcompensating position for her. Yeah. No, it's like how do when you put your identity onto something and then your identity and then the um the culture shifts into where your identity maybe isn't um, looked at in a different in a different way. It's it's just it can throw you off. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I love that this show um, does that. Like it it touches on, and I'm excited just from what the little tidbits we've heard heard in here that uh, I'm excited about. They they t- touch on topical issues that are 
happening in, you know, we're so much of our um, culture right now, and especially in entertainment, but in, at least in the United States, so much about supporting diversity, and I love that. And one of the things that I know recently, like with the Tony Awards and like the girl who's in the wheelchair won the Tony, is bringing this conversation of do we support handicapable people in our diversity aspect too and so like I love that they bring that into her story because they could have just glossed over it like oh yeah she has like a really great leg brace, but she can run. She's fine. She can, you know, they do that in yes. shows. They're like, oh, he broke his back, but then we just got him a thing, and now he walks <laughs> fine. And you're like, no, like, that's interesting to a person's development, and I think that's relatable to a lot of people. They did totally. that. I liked how with a little bit, I'm not going to say why, but they t- we'll get into it later, but they talk a little bit like the medical system versus in the United States right now in yes. healthcare versus like oh in Canada. Oh my God, I sipped I on that great. shade heavily. Yeah. <laughs> We see you. We see you. We see you, Canada. As soon as he said that, I said, oh, uh, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> so I think there'll be, I think something they're doing in this, they mentioned Canada's never really been a character in this show. We kind of didn't really know where they were. Like, we kind of knew it was in Canada, but it really wasn't. You know what I mean? Like some cities like Daredevil, you know it's in New York City. Yeah. And they kind of didn't do that. This one I felt like they promoted much more that that, that Canada in, and what's going in on Canada. in Canada and Ontario specifically. With science, with, with health, di- with insurance. Yeah, yep. and like what that, we'll talk a little bit about the new clone, how she can't speak French versus English. Yeah. So I'm, I, that was interesting to me. Yeah, agreed. And before we get into the new clone, I do want to say thank you guys. Thank you to our viewers. Thank you to our listeners who are tuning into this after show for making AfterBuzz TV the ESPN of TV talk. We can't do this without you. And we absolutely love being able to come here and talk about TV shows, talk about now audiobooks. Like this one especially excites me to no end. And we just ask that you like this video if you're watching. Leave us a comment. We want the conversation to keep going. If you're listening on iTunes, leave Leave us a five-star review. Uh, five stars and a review, I mean. Those are extra feisty. We yeah, you got to write something because yes. it helps us. So if you don't know what to write, just write, oh, clone, you didn't. Yes. Just write that. And just we'll, something. we know. We'll we know. love that. But we know where you're coming. Anyways, you guys can follow. We'll be breaking down the episodes. We'll tweet about when we're going to go live so you guys can join us in the live chat if you are a YouTube oh, yeah, listener and viewer. So let's get into the new clone, Vivi Valdez. Y'all, she could practically be sitting here. We got Matt Mar, Sarah Sabral, (laughs) Steph Sabral, sorry. I was thinking of Sarah. Sarah. It's it's Sabral, right? Yes. Steph Sabral and and Vivi. Yeah, we We are. We got all the alliteration. We're ready. So uh, I pulled the quote of how Tatiana described Vivi in the Entertainment Weekly article. She said, she's an unaware clone, which has been kind of a reoccurring theme throughout the series. Clones who don't know their clones and discovering their identities. She grew up with this sense that there were other girls who looked like her and she thought they were imaginary friends. There's this narrative that... that she sort of has repurposed in her head to be like, oh, those are imaginary friends that I was seeing. Her psychiatrist and her parents forced that idea on her. So when she first starts to see adult women that look like her and Charlotte and all of these other people, it puts the story of her childhood in stark contrast with that, with what the truth is and she has to reevaluate. Not only is she investigating this massive explosion that happened, she's also picking through the part of her own identity and own life story. And they did a really good job of 
that was the part where I was totally sold into the audiobook and mm-hmm. really just delved into her storyline when she was explaining the imaginary friends and all this stuff because it relates so heavily to Orphan Black the series when all the clones kind of came to and realized that something had been off their entire life mm-hmm. and they had been lied to and told that nothing was happening and all of these things. So in her case, I'm curious to know if her parents were involved yeah. in the cover up of that because we know they're deceased yeah. and she's not old so yeah. probably it's mysterious why they're dead yeah so i what did you think about her character and how she was introduced by listening in on kasima's um interview i loved it i loved it how like this happenstance of how clones find another and obviously i did open up the youtube live chat by the way we've got like seven people there so Hi. Uh, yeah give a shout out to billy jean girl and uh damien mcdonald andrew lestrange lestrange kashika um they really like vivi as well now they're also hopefully you're all figuring out a lot of you are like wait what's happening is orphan black back so we get so you want to go make sure you got a cereal box you can download that i think it's like 20 dollars to download the whole season so that's how you listen to this so that's how you have it because there's some chat in there y'all didn't know where to watch yeah serialbox.com and you can also just type in uh orphan black the next chapter exactly exactly um i but i i thought again i just i love that um i mean it's part of like their what i love about all these clones no matter who they are from like mj r.i.p rest in peace Mm. uh i know i'm never gonna go over it (laughs) that was brutal brutal. Um, but they're all they all have this I love that they're all intelligent women even when you think they're dumb like Crystal they're intelligent in their own way and they're curious in their own way and they're all um, they all have a resilience Mm -hmm. and we see that already with with Vivi and I mean it it was just it it was great I I didn't know it I I assumed at first when they said her name I was like okay we gotta remember this person and then she was talking a little bit more and then when she said like uh, like uh, Vivi or Vivi, uh, Vivi. Vivi pushed her curls out of her face, and I went, "She's got curls. She's got curls." It's because then I thought, "Oh, it's totally a clone." I didn't. Did you know at first it was immediately going to be a clone? No. I didn't. No, 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 no. See, some thought, people did. I did not. I didn't. I thought that she was just someone that's thrown into the investigation, kind of like um, Donnie or. Um, hot uh, in the Sarah's. Oh my gosh! Wow. Who died in like season yes, three? Yes, it was Dylan, so it's sad. It's Dylan Bruce. Oh my gosh! Okay. Oh my gosh! My bad. We that actor's at- body. I'm <laughs> sorry. His story it was, was great. so that was perfect great, by was the great. end of it. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought she could have been a character like that. Yeah. So finding out that she is in fact one of the clones once we see her run into Kasima, that's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I like that and, and somebody asked this, uh Billy Jean Girl twenty four asked this. Um Wanted to know if, like, what's Rachel doing now? And I bring this up. We haven't heard anything about Rachel. Yes. But I bring this up only because I... So we're finding out that Kasima's interviewing at this, you know, she's listening to Kasima interview, and they're talking about dyad and things like this. It's bringing back a lot of stuff that Rachel worked on. So maybe Rachel will be coming back in that capacity. We're not sure yeah. yet. But I, I, they I just did touch was, on it a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was a great, great introduction to Vivi, though. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and it's Paul. 
Paul. Paul. Oh, Paul. <laughs> Paul, we Paul. will never forget your name again. I mean, can we have him interview on the show? He hasn't been on in five seasons, but I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. He has a lot to say about this, I'm sure. He has a I'm lot sure. to say. I need to follow him on Insta because I'm thirsty. <laughs> I am thirsty. So, Vivi, let's talk a little bit about the the interview. So, Kasima is in this interview, and yeah. she thinks it's finally a good opportunity yeah. that's outside of what she's been having to do yes. to hide her uh, her past and it's in with Sturgis and yes, it's Dr. This, Sturgis. this man named Dr. Sturgis and it's instantly brought up kind of within minutes about her and Dyad. Which she hasn't so uh, we found a little later the reason why she's freaking out but when he knows all that because she's published nothing about this. She's like which I get it. I mean can you imagine where your whole life is like running and your safety and are you going to die or someone going to kill you or someone blah, da 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 And so this is all kept so secret. Yeah. She hasn't put anything about this. She hasn't even published all of this information. Yet Dr. Sturgis is talking about this information like he knows it and the cure and everything, which makes me wonder, is Rachel involved? Like Rachel probably had access to this information. Did she, um, did she leak this to him? The problem with how many clones there are and how many people were involved in the making of this is that, is secrecy possible? Is That's a good question. Like, Ooh, you deep. There's That's a good no question. way they can cover up all the loose ends. It's just no. not possible. No. So, and we'll talk about this when we talk about Cosima and Delphine because I think the biggest issue was whether or not they should have gone public with the information. Yeah. And it kind of sucks for Cosima because she's a brilliant scientist who yeah. created a cure for something massive beyond any science that they've seen. Yes. And she can't even claim that. Like, she's interviewing for PA positions and she should be the yeah. director of Marvel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like my I'm Kasima in life. <laughs> Why am I working at the same job? Why? Why? Like, no. I swear my I abilities swear. are way more than this resume show. Uh, Trust me, I just can't write it. <laughs> I, this is what I get for trying to sleep my way to the top. I'm still on the bottom. Oh, I didn't even mean that that way, but sorry. <laughs> Bree's laughing in the booth. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that, Bree. <laughs> I love that. Shout out to our producer, yep. Brianna Phipps, in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so that's a little bit interesting, kind of what we think this grit the this company grit is uh-huh. doing what their what their hopes to find is and at the same time they're getting Vivi is is looking into them because there was there's people dead and yeah. it's agents are dying and it's only agents that have had to do with this mm-hmm. so she's trying to figure out whether it was planned or not obviously yeah. we'll get into that into predictions it's planned <laughs> <laughs> down. Spoiler alert, it's planned. Spoiler alert. So, what do you what do what do you think his intentions were? Do you think they were good in wanting to get Kasima on board cuz obviously he knew about her or do you think it was self-interest or cuz he brought up the idea of this will save a lot of people uh-huh. but it could also hurt a lot of people. I think I don't think he fully whenever Kasima was kind of interrogate or or later when we see Vivi is interrogating him because 
when Vivi breaks in later, that was a great moment. I mean, I guess if we can jump to that, but yeah. when, when Vivi broke into uh, into uh, into grit, and then Doctor Star just walks in on her, and she at first tries to pretend to be. Um, Cosima, which was awesome, and um, but does Cosima still have dreads? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. so yeah. So that was probably what gave it up. Maybe. Well, she had a hood on. Remember, she oh, said yeah. she has red curls. And she oh. had hit her red hair, uh-huh. so I think her hair is dyed red. Um, so anyway, um, but what he, I don't think he fully knows. Like what? I don't think he knows exactly how deep he is in. Yeah, I think he probably knows a little bit of the information and probably not all the story, but he really has no idea. Do I think he was doing good? Probably not, because we already learned from just kind of Vivi's re- initial reaction to him that he's kind of a scumbucket, yeah, and like a misogynist yeah. and like a sexist. So he's—I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's just in it for the buck. And it's kind of the middleman in this and doesn't really know what's going on. That's yeah, what I, I think, think. he's think? in over his head for sure. It is interesting point that he brought up anything that has the potential to help people has the potential to hurt people. And I think this is, in a lot of ways, the thesis of Orphan Black. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, and in science in general, we have the ability, and we saw it with Brightborn, like these things that start with great ideas mm-hmm. and to help people suffering from great issues, whether it be pregnancy issues or like trying to not have a leg that doesn't work whatever Mm -hmm. it may be it starts good and then in the wrong hands which it always gets in the wrong hands Mm -hmm. things get abused and it can be really bad and so we do all we know right now is that agents have gotten suddenly ill and died Mm -hmm. and it's their families which is even creepier so that is kind of what we know of what's what's brewing up and let's move into uh, Cosima and Delphine and Charlotte. Sure. So they, so Cosima comes home. It's their eight-year anniversary. I love that they're married. I love that they're so in love. I still. love that they're one to get it on on the patio. Yes. yes. You get yours. You better get it. I love that. I love that they the the. You know what's cool about from a writer's perspective is they can do anything now because they don't have like someone saying. No, you can't go into outer space because our budget, we don't have that. You know, they literally can do anything. So that's exciting. And I love how they talked about um, as like when uh, Kasima's in the kitchen and she sees like, they give us a hint of like the things decorating their kitchen of their travels from around the world, curing all the other clones. And I thought that did such a great way. Like when they, when she was reading that and saying that, like I literally had mental images in my mind of them like taking vacations and Uh. helping. Like it was so beautiful. It painted the picture for me and I just saw it and it made me, it made me realize they have such a beautiful history together. I know. I, they, it is interesting because we, as, as, Delphine figures out what's been going on because Cosima tells her, which I love that they can be that honest and open mm-hmm. with each other because the worst thing across every show, you know when someone keeps something from their loved one, it will slap you in the face and you need that ally in your life. So don't keep secrets. Don't but do I love how open she is with her. But it brings up this interesting discussion between them because I think that and th- this was... Um, what did she say? Cosima was basically saying, like, should we have gone public with this information? Because mm. something's brewing up. Pe- more people are dying because Charlotte brought to their attention that another person had died mm. who was a clone. And yeah. and Delphine 
had this point where she was like, no, because we had to protect you. And it's this argument and this, I think the only bitter, they need each other and they love each other and they're meant to be with each other. But their issues are the other person's how do I explain this? So, Cosima has to hide because and Delphine supports that because she loves her and wants her to stay alive. Mm-hmm. But Delphine, at the same time, is an ethics scientist. Mm-hmm. So, she should be the one that's kind of influencing it to go public. But it's the one time where, because she loves her so much, her job kind of gets convoluted. But, but we've seen that. What I love is that we've seen that in the past before. That's just... Delphine's character that she really is super ethical unless it comes to protecting Cosima because she loves her. So again, I love that it made sense. Um, I love that it made sense. And I love that now they're faced with... I don't think the clone... Or maybe we're talking about the clone that died. The younger clone, she didn't die, did she? She was just sick. Oh, yeah. Suddenly She's sick. Yeah. And what's interesting about that... I thought one died. Maybe, maybe not. We did. Yeah, I thought one died. Maybe we died early. Yeah. Yes. But the, the but we find out there is this newer clone, uh, this girl that she says who is twenty eight. So she's younger. She's older than Charlotte, but younger than the rest of the clones. So it kind of brings on this whole new mystery of kind of what you said earlier. There's so many clones. Can this really be secret? And also when I, when they said that, I thought that was kind of dumb of us to think that of all these clones. That we would think that only Charlotte was the only other clone they tried to do this again. Yeah. So we're finding maybe there's even more there's even more clones than on the list, and they're not even all the same age. Because I guess they would be. What would, um, Casima? What were their age? They were like what? Like probably twenty eight. 29. So they all probably would be around like 36, 37 now. Yeah. I feel like maybe 35. Yeah. And so this newer clone's 28. So that's a big jump. So that this was is like the a, one you're talking about that Charlotte shows them. Dana, Char- Dana Emmett. So she's six years younger than Cassina, oh, yeah. 10 years older than Charlotte, and she's not Lita. That's another huge point that's brought up. Yes, 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 yeah, that's a big deal. So on top of that, so we have a clone that's not Lita, and then from what Vivi found out from snooping is that they're targeting agents, uh, agents in genetics. Uh, it's still unclear exactly who they're targeting, I thought, at yeah. least in listening to this. All she sees is agent to genetics, genetics to target bioweapon, intention to attack. Like She's trying to figure out what the intention was, if mm-hmm. it was to attack. And she sees words like shortcut genome targeting, viral manipulation, refining delivery system, and gets this idea of changing someone's dna yes that's crazy that's crazy that's crazy so when they i know in your news and gossip you tease kind of what's happening it kind of makes sense yeah that that is next level of what i didn't think was going to happen and it's interesting they bring in stuff that like i don't know if y'all guess but i'm real gay real real gay (laughs) but there is thing that a lot of my friends are talking about in the queer community that so one of the things that they talk about is we find out that Delphine really wants to have a child. Yes. And she really wants to have a child, like, from her egg and for Cosima egg. And this is the only thing I thought was not odd, but a little that I was surprised Cosima had a problem with that. But it also makes sense. But that is legitimately what is starting to happen. They actually say, like, in probably um, the next, like, two years, they'll be able to take the DNA of one female egg and the DNA of another female egg and create, without a male be able to create a, a, a baby for people that have the DNA. Men, it's going to take longer. But I love that they're taking, this is real science that's happening in the world. And also I love that we see that like 
what an interesting, like, I know so many, I've, some of my good friends, like, did the surrogacy and the embryos and all that kind of stuff, and they didn't think about it. They just what they wanted to do, and they could afford to do it. But when you think about it, like, for Cosima, that's, like, what's, why she has trauma in her whole life because of that. Something we take for granted, but for her, it's a really traumatic thing. Totally. I thought it was smart. A the smart moment thing. that she found out that she was a patent, you, yeah. you, you could tell that shifted her the way she thought of herself, the way yeah. she viewed the world. So it makes total sense. I love that they're bringing that in because it is a, a societal topic mm-hmm. in general. And it does, I do totally, I, I feel for Delphine because obviously you want a child with the person you, some of us want children with the mm-hmm. people we love. But I do feel for Kasima that it's like she could not possibly love someone more than she loves Delphine. But that doesn't necessarily mean that a child is right for her. Yeah, that's true. And to bring up uh, Billie Jean Girl ask and think, to our knowledge, Sarah and Helena are the only clones that can have kids. Mm. So the other ones, Cosima, yes. Crystal, none of them could. Because remember, Helena and Sarah are like the... They're like the OG clones or whatever. So, yeah. and yes, somebody brought the up original. the clones were born in 1985. So that would make them, you know... If I we're don't on do, the same time. I don't do math. 30-something-ish now. So we leave off with uh, Vivi when she is pretending to be Cosima. Sturgis, Dr. Sturgis realizes yeah. she's not uh-huh. and realizes she's one of them, but uh-huh. she doesn't know she's one of them yeah. or what the Again. heck that means. And that starts to spark her probably crazy internal thoughts of was I not making that up when I was a kid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because we get this weird flashback with her while she's kind of digging before Dr. Sturgis comes. She just has this flashback of, like, being in a room with other girls like her. And, like, having her Vivi imaginary friends, her, like, Vivi group or whatever. Again, I, I love that. I love that they took that. And also I love that this is kind of it was a to me a reflection it wasn't exactly the same but a reflection of of you know that's what happened to Sarah is that she stumbled upon Beth without even not even really knowing she just stumbled upon it and I love that this first episode that literally you know Vivi as she's like leaving as she's leaving the uh, uh, the grit after breaking in she goes to leave and she literally Bumps, or when she's going in, she literally bumps into Kasima. She goes to approach her, but Kasima and her literally bump into one another. That's literally what happened to Sarah and Beth. Yeah. They literally bumped into each uh-huh. other. So I love that little nod to the beginning episode of yes. Wolf Black and the way she discovered that. I was just like, yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I also think it's a metaphor, like a greater meaning that ties. And familial bonds mm-hmm. will always find a way to each other. And Steph, you are deep. I'm going to love being on this panel with you, girl. You go truth talking. Well, I feel like this show does that. But that's so true. They, it's uh, when so, you play so true. with science and ethics and humanity and right versus wrong. It opens a door to so many conversations, yes. and that's why I love this show. I love when you can get deep, and it's just a good and it's just good entertainment. Yeah. But I, I think that it. All the all the clones are going to be made aware of each other. I just don't think that you can keep your creations hidden. Well, and well, I don't want to spoil anything. So there's some like Tatiana Maslany's talked about in some interviews and stuff, which we're going to mention the interviews later. I, I don't think we'll mention the spoiler, but talks about kind of what to expect that if the clones are going to become public or not, and what that's going to happen. But that's definitely, I think, going to be uh, an issue this yeah. season. 
So we kind of leave off with Vivi. We we hear that she has no friends. Her job is her life. So she's doing whatever she can do to keep her country safe, to keep her job. And when she feels like she's kind of being outed in a situation and that could cause her to lose her job, Mm -hmm. she goes into full fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. and ends up trying to like attack Sturgis to stay in the room and keep talking to her. But that leads them to like this battle. He sprays something in her eye. Like some chemical we don't know. She thinks she's blind. She doesn't. Again, I guess it's in a clone DNA that they all can just fight. Yeah. So, yeah, I know they're they can, feisty. Right. Yeah, right. So he ends up getting out. We, like, we think. We, we, we don't, think. We think. Like, we that's don't. what we get. Mm-hmm. In terms of that narrative, he leaves he her. Leaves. She um, pulls the water emergency down. Yeah, right. She yeah. finds that. And then, so that's kind of how we end with her. Yeah. But then we get this jump to where um, Kasima gets a text. Yes. On her phone, and they go and turn on the TV, and then we see bum, 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 as Orphan Black always does at the end of the episode. Stress level just skyrocket. Grit is burned to the ground. <laughs> we don't need no water. Let the beep beep burn. <laughs> it is burning, y'all. And we don't know who did it. We don't know who, who did it, it. Where they did it. How did it happen? I'm so excited to see where this leads. Yes. Now Charlotte's excited. fully in the game with Kasima. She's like, I can pull up facial recognition yeah. now that they know that there's other clones that exist yes. on different timelines in them. Oh, and we don't know Kira is doing because oh. Kira's also smarty. Kira's doing an internship, but we don't it's mysterious. We don't know. She is getting so yeah. could she be like what Kasima kind of was, where Kasima initially was working I for like know. Dyad and didn't didn't even know she was working for the bad. That's what I think. And so I think we might get some of that with Kira. Yeah, Kira, we know that she's lied to her mom and she's told Charlotte to cover for her. She yeah. has a really important internship that she's yeah. really excited about but just tell Kasima that I'm with a friend. Um, sounds like every teen storyline so I get it. Hashtag did it my junior year but got caught. If I was magical I uh, I think I would not do that. <laughs> That's just me. That was magical. <laughs> so that is that wraps up part one and two. Part part. Well, part one. Yeah, part one and two of episode one. Yes, of yes. episode one. So now there's episode two, which will come out this week, Every right? Thursday will be new episodes. Okay. So I'm so excited to continue to break those down week by week. We are hoping to get some of the major players in this yes. audiobook a part of our show as well, because we would just love to we pick their love brains. To, yes, and I believe... And Bree, or maybe you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Serial Box is not like something you find on a podcast app. It's its own kind of app. So you need, not kind of, it's its own app. You need to download the app, right? And I think if you just Google Orphan Black, the next chapter, like you were saying, you'll see you can listen online probably. You can download the app and you can listen to that. Yes. So you can get Yeah, they are on, um, they're in the App Store for iTunes app. Um, They're on Google Play as well. Okay, great. So for people, I know Google Play is really big across, across the pond for you (laughs) listeners over there. I know my accent's amazing. (laughs) I know. You're learning after Tatiana. Yeah, yeah, I know. Who, yeah, let's get that, into our special g- segment. Oh, oh clone, you did it! it. Oh. <laughs> 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 so this is where we talk about the moment that just had us shook. 
So and let us know in the live chat, what is your oh, clone you didn't moment that shook you? Yeah, when you were listening to this, what made you pause and be like, okay, or the audacity, the or audacity. I love that. What was it for you, Matt? Tatiana Maslany. <laughs> Y'all, when she did Delphine's voice, I stopped, paused, turned it up, rewound it, because I thought it was actually Delphine in the frick. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be just Tatiana. Did they get this act? Wait, are the actors now playing themselves? She is so good. She is so good. I can't even. I can't even. She sounds just like Delphine. It's incredible. It's truly incredible. And that moment where she was like, um, when she got more mad, she she like worsened her English accent oh, kind yes, of and yeah. then like like cur- I don't know what the word she used was but, like she got crisper yeah uh-huh. not sure what it was but that even like that change those subtle changes is what makes her a true genius yes and the fa- and I have to agree I did not think she would be narrating everybody's voices I thought she would be narrating the story and mm-hmm. not impersonating I didn't know how the story would be told but the mm-hmm. fact that she's doing Charlotte and Kira's voice as well everyone's voice that's insane like it's one thing on the show that she was looking the part in everything about her micro expressions the way that she dressed and acted and said stuff defined the character but Mm -hmm. for it to do that on audio on audio all you have is that one instrument and uh she mentioned this article but you guys Tatiana Maslany is going to do the voice of Donnie, and I cannot wait for that. What? Like, that's going to be amazing. Yes! That's going to be, like, so good. And, like, she's going to do Felix, probably. Like, this is going to be so good. You, oh my gosh. It's going to be so just fun. Just keep giving her Emmys, why yeah, don't just you? give her the Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what, was that your moment, too? Yeah, yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay. Should we get into 